So let's read the scriptures. Chung Man's going to come and talk about uh, Luke 11. So let's turn it in the, in the Bible. And as you know, we're doing a, a series of sermons about how the gospel applies to people of different age groups. So Chungman has got Generation Z, and if you haven't understood this already, I know you will by the end of it. Um, but let's read from Luke 11, verse 14. It's page 1043 um, in the Bibles. And it says this. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebul. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and doesn't find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is a mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Let's pray. Father God, please apply your word to us through the words of Chongman, by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that it changes us, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you all, uh, to join you uh, in worship uh, in Staines Congregational Church. Uh, I've come a couple of times during Espresso Church uh, and know some of the youngsters working together uh, with Sarah, uh, with the youth ministry, uh, but it's been great. It's great to kind of come to see the rest of the church. Uh, and yeah, it's a pleasure to come and bring God's word. Everything okay with the sounds? Yeah, do you want to do a bit higher? Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you want it. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, uh, as, as Nick um, told us, we're going through uh, in the pulpit swap uh, with Leyland, with Staines, uh, with Ashford, uh, looking at a generation series. Uh, and I think, yeah, the title that uh, Keith and I were thinking about was talking about your generation, talking about my generation. Uh, some of you might know that's a song from The Who. Uh, I knew the song, but I called it The Who's 
because I'm not Gen X or a boomer. <laughs> uh, so, uh, changing generation, uh, but unchanging Jesus is the thing that we want everybody to have in mind. Uh, and to begin this talk on Gen Zs, uh, Gen Z, yes, it sounds very American, but that's the term that's kind of used a lot of nowadays in the media, so I'll stick to Gen Z just for ease of use. Uh, and so Gen Zs uh, are aged between 12 to 27 at the moment. So I just wanted to kind of ask a show of hands uh, for those who are born between 1997 to 2012. I just wondered who in the congregation may be in that category, all right? So it is mainly the young people, uh, so 12 to 27 at the moment. Uh, and let's ask the Zenzis some questions, all right? So I want to kind of like, you can just raise your hands. It'll be simple yes or no questions. Uh, and it's an opportunity for the rest of the congregation to meet the Zenzis, okay? To kind of like understand where they're coming from, to understand how they grew up. So, first question that I have in mind, and it'll show in the next slide, is, have you ever licked a postage stamp? <laughs> have you ever licked, oh, Lily at the back is saying, no, no, why would you do such a thing? What, 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 is, that, what is that person doing over there, licking a piece of paper? What weird hobbies people used to have in the past? Uh, so, uh, some of the older Gen Zs uh, in their 20s may have licked postage stamps, uh, but a lot of the younger Gen Zs would have never have known, would have, wouldn't have licked a postage stamp. To be honest, even the older adults, when was the last time you licked a postage stamp? I actually found out last week when I was preparing for this talk uh, that postage stamps have changed and they have barcodes now. And the ones that I have in my wallet, uh, I can no longer use <laughs> because it doesn't have the barcode anymore. So times have changed. That was since last year, 2023. Uh, and, I, and I asked this question because it's a way for you to think about how the way people communicate has changed. The way that Gen Zs communicate has changed with the times as well. Next question, uh, and the next slide will kind of ask, do you remember life before Google? Do you remember life before Google? Uh, when people, before the times, people used to say, I will Google it, or let me Google that for you. It's a phrase that we're familiar with now, uh, but in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s, you, if, you, if you used the word Google as a noun or a verb, people would be like, what does that word mean? <laughs> people started to use it actually from 2002, the verb, uh, to, to use it as a verb, uh, and it was put into the dictionary in 2006. But it shows the way that, uh, how it's changed in the way that we access information is very different from when it was in the 80s, 70s, and so on, in the 90s even. All right, next question. Uh, do you know, I hope you get a feel for the environment in which Zenzis grew up, uh, do you know what a floppy disk is, Zenzis? All right, hands up. All right, all right, Max knows what a floppy disk is. Max, let me ask you. Uh, do you know uh, what the storage capacity for a normal floppy disk was? Any guesses? Any guesses as to how many, uh, what it could store in megabytes or gigabytes or terabytes? Oh, oh, close, close. But that is too high. <laughs> because the normal capacity was 1.44 megabytes for those of us who remember, uh, that is half a song. You can't even put a full song in there, okay? And those is, that, that was what we used to use, but now if you think about it, 
Zenzies, and also uh, others will use Spotify to listen to music, will use YouTube to stream videos and Netflix to watch movies and dramas. Life is much more online nowadays, isn't it? And so I want to ask you, and, and, and think about this as adults as well. Do you remember the last time you went a day without the internet? Oh, no. Zenzies, I'm thinking, of course not. I always have my smartphone with me. Uh, and the adults as well, probably. The older adults as well. It's probably quite difficult to, to remember the last time uh, that, we, that we went today without the internet. So recent technology, computers, the internet, social media, and smartphones have changed our world drastically. The way we communicate, the way we access information, uh, the way we receive content. And Zenzies have grown up as natives in such a world. So I'm a millennial, uh, born in 1989, uh, and I would be considered somewhat of a uh, kind of a, 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 a digital immigrant in the sense that I remember a time before the internet. Uh, and I remember the floppiness and so on. But Zenzis would have grown up as digital natives, growing up with all these technologies accessible to them. And they are also the most diverse generation, uh, racially and ethnically, and they were taught when they were young to value diversity. But also, as I'm going to talk about, uh, some of the downsides. Uh, they are possibly, um, so far, uh, a distracted and divide, divided generation in their attention. And also, many of the studies, the research that's done, shows that they are depressed and pessimistic in their mentality as well. So there's ups and downs that we see with this generation. And how should we understand this generation spiritually is something that I want to think about with you this morning. Uh, what are the challenges they face and what is their pressing need? I want to look at Jesus' illustration of the spirit, the demon-possessed house, to think about Zenzis. Jesus uses this illustration to warn against neutrality. Even if an evil spirit, an impure spirit comes out of a man, Unless Jesus occupies the man, the evil spirit will, uh, will return with seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And the final condition of the man will be worse than before, than the first. I want to show how something like this has happened over the past generations when we empty the house of our old powers and authorities. Instead, pursuing freedom and individualism since the boomers, since post-war. But we are seeing more and more the negative fruits of such an experiment, especially among the Zenzis, amongst the Zoomers. And I hope that when you hear this message, uh, as parents, as grandparents, uh, as you hope to, as, as I wish that you'll you understand something of the background in which the Zenzis are growing up in, uh, that, uh, that it wouldn't lead us uh, to disdain them. I know, I, I feel it sometimes as well. There's a temptation to kind of like always feel, ah, young people these days. <laughs> There's a bit of that tendency, I think, that I even feel now in my 30s. <laughs> I guess it's part of growing up. But rather than that, may this help, I hope that this talk will help us not to see the younger generation with disdain, but rather to see them with compassion, with love as you perhaps understand a little bit more of what they're growing up in and what the world they're living in is like nowadays. So my first point, uh, the emptied house. 
Uh, turn with me to verse 24 and 25. Uh, when an impure spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the, hi- it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Now, Jesus gave this illustration in a conversation that arose after he had exorcised a man possessed by a demon that was mute. The man spoke, and the crowd was amazed, verse 14. Through such power to rescue people from evil spirits, Jesus demonstrated that the kingdom of God had come through him. By kingdom, I mean more a dynamic reign rather than a static territory. So the reign of God was being demonstrated by Jesus' power. The reign of evil was ending, and the reign of God was coming through him. But imagine if the man freed of the demon didn't accept the reign of God through Christ. He said, oh, thank you, Jesus, for taking these demons out, but no thank you in terms of having God as my king. (laughs) Such a man would be like the emptied house, swept clean, and put in order, order, but not for long. Such a scenario can be used to understand what our culture and society has been trying to do since World War II through something called individualism. Uh, More and more, individualism is something that's kind of influenced the generation since the boomers, the Gen Xs, the millennials, and to uh, to Zen Zs as well. It's been trying to, society as a whole, has been trying to free itself from the oppressive chains of traditional authorities and rules and aggressively pursuing the values of individual freedom and expression. Now, there are good things about that, but there are also some of the consequences that we see as well. Uh, Jean Twains, uh, who is the professor of psychology at San Diego State University, uh, who wrote a book on generations, she does a lot of studies on Gen Zs, uh, wrote that every generation born since World War II has embraced its own flavor of individualism. You can kind of think about what generation you're in uh, and think about how, what your response to individualism might be. So for example, for boomers, uh, those who might be in their 60s, 50s, uh, it was rebellion against the restrictive social rules of the post-war era, especially those around sex and marriage. It changed a lot during those times. Gen Xers uh, pioneered brash self-confidence in the 1980s. Uh, do you remember the shoulder pads <laughs> and the music that was around in the 80s? Uh, believing they were above average and taking it for granted that they should put themselves first. A little bit of that attitude coming in the 80s, uh, 70s, 80s. The individualism of the 90s and 2000s continued the trend. Gen X started and gave it an extra twist. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you, it whispered into the ears of millennials as long as you believe in yourself. And there were studies, uh, there's research done on uh, books that were published in America, and the phrase, believe in yourself, loving yourself, it just skyrockets during the millennial and Gen Z eras. And so she goes on to write, uh, and she writes this, not as a Christian, uh, but someone who is just uh, observing and analyzing the trends She says, Zen Zs accept what's gone before and raises the individualistic bar. And people should be able to, thinking that people should be able to decide which gender group they identify with, or even reject the notion of a gender binary entirely. 
And so you can kind of see the influence of individualism that's impacting Zen Zs. This rejection of outside authority and tradition has turned us away from external absolute truth, independent of us, out there in the world, to focus more on internal truths in here within us. And so rather than absolute and objective truth, it's more my truth or your truth that people are concerned with more and more nowadays. The house has been swept clean of the traditional authorities and rules of the past, and the modern self has been proudly thinking that it has been put in order. But what happens to an empty house if it is not occupied by someone? The crowded house, let's think about the second point. I've recently actually uh, moved out of a house. Uh, it was a place that uh, I stayed in uh, through the church. Uh, the owners uh, recently sold the house, uh, and I moved out, and I'm staying somewhere else at the moment. But the house is empty right now. Uh, new owners will move in soon. Uh, but what would happen, imagine with me, what would happen if no one moved in? What do, what do you think? What do you think the condition of the house would be like? Uh, I know, to be honest, before I moved in, the house was empty for a bit. Uh, when I moved in, there were a lot of spiders, <laughs> lots of spiders. Uh, and I'm sure over time, uh, there might be animals who would come into the house, maybe mice, uh, maybe foxes. Uh, they did dig a, uh, dig a kind of hole uh, in the garden whilst I was living there. Maybe squatters might even move into the house. The garden would overgrow. The house wouldn't be cleaned. And the house's condition will get worse and worse. And in Jesus' illustration, it's, he says, then the impure spirit goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. In Gen Z's, oh, we are seeing something of the un unintended consequences of trying to empty the house of traditional authorities and rules and having only the individual as the arbiter of truth and value. And this is happening in a time when through technology, there are so many things vying for our attention and having an impact on our mentality. And we're too weak to keep the house clean. Rather than the utopia hopeful, experience of life for Zen Zs can feel like a chaotic dystopia, like a man with seven additional more wicked evil spirits entering into him. Ideas, values, contents are bombarding us, vying for our attention, impacting our mentality. In an age when we are bombarded with ideas, values, and content, our attention is distracted and divided. Think about this. Uh, think about this question. How many adverts do you think we see per day? Rough idea, rough idea. How many adverts do you think you might see uh, per day? Now, to be honest, I don't know uh, exactly the research that was done on this. It was something I Googled <laughs> to find out. Uh, but any guesses, any guesses? Show of hands. Nick, what do you reckon in terms of? 60. 60. Oh, 60 is a really low number. All right. So uh, 60 uh, in, the, in the comments, uh, in the things that, but having, think about it. Think of it like this. Uh, so for example, when Lee was playing the guitar, I saw the Fender logo. That is advertisement, right? Uh, you'll see people wearing different clothes. You'll see maybe some of the Zen Zs wearing their Nikes. That's advertisement. <laughs> uh, when you're going around on the, uh, outside on the bus, 
seeing the kind of seeing the side of the bus, that's advertisement. Okay, so all of those kind of things on your phone when you're using Facebook, uh, YouTube, and so on, all these ads that are coming. Now, in the 70s, apparently, it was about 500 to 1,600 per day. Okay, through TV, billboards, and so on, uh, and the news. Uh, 2014, it went up to about 5,000 per day. In 2023, uh, figures were saying that it's around 6,000 to 10,000 per day. Bombarding our attention. Now, we only register about 100 ads, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Nick's figure was very helpful. Uh, but we can feel our attention being pulled here and there, can't you? Think about all the ads that you see per day. Being always connected nowadays, especially for the Gen Zs, means that our attentions are all often, and all, often distracted and divided. And our attention spans for the younger generations are getting shorter. But what does this do to us spiritually? Having our attention distracted and divided, we have less time to reflect, to meditate, to give our attention, our devotion to God. Do you feel perhaps, I want to ask you, do you feel uh, the urge even during this service to get your phone out, to check your email, your social media, or the football scores? <laughs> Now, I don't say that just for Gen Z's, but for the older generations as well. Because I feel that sometimes myself. There's an itch in my pocket <laughs> to get it out, not just see, to see the Bible. The constant bombardment of things vying for our attention is a real challenge to spiritual growth. And coming to have and cultivating a relationship with God and, a, and having a concern for eternity. When I think about the characteristics of Zenzis, yes, there are many good things, but distractedness seems to be something that pops to mind. So Zenzis are often distracted and divided in their attention, and also more prone, as the research shows, uh, to depression and pessimism uh, in their mentality. Uh, Twains, the psychologist that I mentioned, wrote that every indicator of mental health and psychological, psychological well-being has become more negative among teens and young adults since 2012. Uh, in studies done, the percentage of teenagers who reported uh, feelings connected with depression skyrocketed from 2012. What happened in 2012, you might wonder? Um, so they were saying things like, uh, they were agreeing strongly with phrases like, often feeling left out, uh, often feeling lonely, not satisfied with themselves or life as a whole, uh, can't do anything right, they don't enjoy life, and seeing their life as not useful. Uh, in 2021, nearly 30% of teenage girls um, and 12% of teenage boys suffered from clinical-level depression. And not just because Gen Zs are more open to talk about mental health, it corresponded with rises in depressive behavior like self-harm and Sadly, even suicide. And Twain says that a key reason for this is that the wide adoption of smartphones and social media happened around 2012. You can imagine growing up, comparing yourselves to others, uh, and, getting, um, and seeing negative news. Often, neg negative, uh, negative news gets views online. Uh, they're much more viral. Um, growing up in such an environment you can feel the impact that can have on your mental health. And also, increasing screen use also means less sleep, <laughs> which adds to worse mental health as well. 
And sadly, this is causing an increase in pessimism about the world among Gen Zs and feeling out of control about it. Uh, studies show that teenagers uh, show more uh, as having uh, more of an external locus of control rather than an internal one. Um, two weeks later, uh, Keith will be coming to preach on uh, the boomer generation. And in some sense, the boomer generation have, I think, a strong sense of internal um, locus of control, a sense of con control wanting it in life, whereas Zenzis, I think, very, very much feel out of control, not having control of, ex of the things that are going around in their world. Now, I've got to admit, this might be painting, uh, this is painting, probably, uh, quite a negative paint, uh, image, uh, painting Zenzis in a very negative light. And I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of positives about Gen Zs. Uh, I think they're very resourceful, innovative, and creative. Uh, I like Gen Z humor as well on the internet. But spiritually speaking, there are these areas of concern where you're sadly distracted and divided in your attention and depressed and pessimistic in your mentality as a generation. Now, I'm sure there are many exceptions, uh, but as a whole, as an average, these are trends that we see. And we also have to admit that it's not only true for Zen Zs, but also for others, the older generations as well, isn't it? As we live in such a digital world, such a distracted world. As the generations pass, seven more wicked spirits have gone into the house of the modern self and lived there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. Now, if what I've said so far are the challenges, of Zen Z, challenges that Zenzis face, uh, what is their pressing need? What is our pressing need living in such a world? How can the crowded house become a blessed house? As my third point uh, mentions. Now you can imagine all this talk of demon possession was making things a bit awkward uh, between Jesus and the people who were around, who were around at that time. Uh, and that might be why a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is the mother who gave birth to you, a birth and nursed you. Uh, maybe to try to break the ice uh, with all this conversation about demon possession. Uh, a way to make things less awkward. Uh, but Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. To not sit on the fence of neutrality, but to commit to following him. Those who hear the word of God and obey it are the equivalent of those who have their house occupied by one stronger than Satan, who previously occupied the house, verse 21 and 22. This is what Jesus is calling people to do, to be freed from Satan's power and to not remain neutral, but to receive him as the Lord of the house by hearing the word of God and obeying it. This is what all this is what we all in all generations need to do, but especially Zen Zs, as you seek to navigate such a distracted, navigate through uh, such a distracted and divided world, vying for your attentions, impacting your mental health, mentality uh, to be depressed and pessimistic. Jesus truly is the cure and master that you need in your lives, in your house. The modern self has been trying its best to make itself the master of the house, after throwing out the spirit of traditional authorities and values. But the house is being wrecked by the spirits of the present age. And only Jesus is strong enough to restore the house 
and put in in order. Only Jesus can satisfy the inner longings of your souls, of our souls, that cause us to scroll endlessly through our phones, but never feel satisfied. Only Jesus can give you clear guidance and hope in the midst of an ever more distracted, divided, depressed, and pessimistic world. Only Jesus can give you true freedom to be who you are made to be, a child of God, rather than having the constant pressure to invent yourself or to find yourself according to this world. And I want to urge you, give to Jesus your attention. Although your attention may be distracted and divided by, the, by, by life, by the internet, by, by social media and so on, uh, give your attention to Jesus. There are studies about how decreasing social media use does help with mental health. Uh, about 30 minutes to an hour uh, a day, I think, is kind of like the sweet spot. Now, I know, um, I, parents, I don't want you to hear this uh, to mean, uh, to, to kind of say to your children later on, uh, don't use social media. So that's not the main point of the service. <laughs> and also, we ourselves need to be careful as well, don't we? But it's about giving our attention to Jesus. That's the main thing that I want to focus on. Imagine how, help, how much help that helps our spiritual health, not just our mental health. Give to Jesus your attention and give him access to all of the rooms of your house. <laughs> not just the front door, not just the front door, not just the living room, but to your bedroom, to your computer, to your smartphone, what you see on Instagram, what you see on YouTube. Give it all to Jesus. May he be the master of the house. And when you, as you hear and obey him in all areas of your life, you will experience what it means to be blessed. Remember Mary Magdalene, as you think about Gen Z's, uh, as you think about this, uh, this kind of illustration that Jesus uses, uh, think about Mary Magdalene as well. Uh, when you read through Luke, in Luke chapter 8, we read about Mary Magdalene, uh, from whom seven demons actually came out. <laughs> And when we read of Mary Magdalene throughout the Gospels, you see the devotion that she has to the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine how chaotic and hopeless her life would have been before, uh, until she met Jesus. But she found her rest in Jesus, and she gave him her attention, her devotion, her life. That's what I think Zen Zs can be like when you become Christian, when they become Christians. In some sense, Zenzis are far more keen in an authentic relationship with Jesus, in an authentic Christianity, than a superficial religiosity. You're far more able to reach out to people with ever-changing technologies and tell people of Jesus than the older generations. And when you believe in something, when you believe in a cause, you're far more committed and take action. And I want to urge you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, giving your attention, your devotion, your life to him. And may we take that approach, whatever generation we might be in, to have Jesus as the master of our house. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, Lord, as we see so many changes uh, in technology and society uh, over the last couple of decades, Lord, we, we thank you for, Lord, many gifts uh, that you have given to us in technology, uh, being able to travel the world, being able to connect with people and all these things. But, Lord, we also see 
uh, in our lives and in the younger generations some of the negative effects of this. And Lord, we thank you for them and the way that they can participate in the life of the church and the, and the things that they bring uh, to life in the church. But also as we read of the things that they go through with depression and pessimism. Uh, and Lord, the struggles of life that they might face. Lord, help us to uh, be understanding towards them, to have compassion on them, to not look down on them. But rather, Lord, seek to help them and encourage them and pray that they will come to know Jesus more fervently, more devotedly. Uh, even then, the older generations, that they'll come to see Jesus as a true treasure, that they'll give their lives to him. And Lord, treasure him more than the time that they spend on screens or more than the things which vie for their attention and that they'll be able to give their attention, their lives to him. Help us to be good models of the Christian faith to them. Whether we are parents, whether we are grandparents, whether we are uncles or aunties in the faith, Lord, will we model good, a good, a good, a good worship, a good discipleship in the Lord Jesus Christ? May they see how we follow Jesus, that they may want to follow him more and more closely and lovingly themselves as well. So bless us as churches, living with all sorts of different generations, Lord, that we as a generation of people may follow Jesus and give our lives to him to win even next generation that are to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.